Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Welcome back, everyone, to a very special episode of Box Office Bingers. Matt, who's here with us this week, and what are we reviewing? So, uh, this week we are reviewing uh, the show that we've been, you know, kind of avoiding for the last yeah. six weeks, Ernesto. Uh, but we're reviewing uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, available on Disney+. Plus. We've been dying to have this conversation, but... Our guest this week, I can't think of another, a, a bigger Marvel fan than our guest this week. Uh, Sana Gadange will be joining us, or not will be, she is here. She is yeah. here. She's joining us right now. She's right here. <laughs> She's right here. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, guys. What's up? Uh, Sonica, glad to have thanks, you back. Yes, thank you for joining us again. How, how are you? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk Falcon and Winter Soldier because I have a lot of questions for you guys, too. Okay. Ooh. Uh, so when I originally asked you, like, hey, do you want to come on for Falcon and Winter Soldier or would you prefer Loki? Are you regretting your decision on that? I mean, obviously, we haven't seen Loki, obviously. But, like, you know, knowing what you know about the full, you know, first season of Falcon and Winter Soldier, are you more excited to talk about this than potentially a Loki episode? No, I think I may end up regretting this decision. Oh, really? Wow. You, you think I, Loki... I really love the premise of Loki and how they've set up how this is like another alternate universe. And I I just feel like that show is going to be more of a constant slow burn question mark theory based show. Does that make sense? Like every week yeah. I feel like we yeah. theorize a little bit more with that one. Isn't that one supposed to have like three se- – aren't they already set to have almost three seasons? Oh, I don't know anything about that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I haven't may, heard I, that either. I, I'm gonna, go ahead. I'm going to double check on that. I'm almost positive. <laughs> I'm almost positive I read that somewhere. Wow, okay. I would love that because so far all the Disney Plus Marvel shows have just been a one and done. Yeah, and now, you know – with recent news that came out last week, it's kind of curious on whether or not the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be getting a second season, but we'll dive into that a little bit later into the show. Uh, but before we do all of that, we got to talk about some movie news. And, you know, Ernesto, ironically, a lot of Marvel is in the movie news this week. And so <laughs> it makes so much sense to have Sonic on to talk about that with, um, as well as we're going to be talking about what you're watching. So we're just going to dive right into it right now. Um, right into the movie news. So before we get started with that, I want to give you guys a very quick Oscars update. I know, Sonica, you've been, you know, diving into the Oscars so much this season, haven't you? Is that a joke? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think he was meaning to set that up as a joke. Yeah. I, I, I honestly only watched two movies, I think, that were Oscar nominated. Okay, go ahead. On totally different spectrums. I watched Tenet. Okay. Only okay. one time, which was my downfall, because I think in order to understand that movie, you have to watch it at least two or three times. At least and I watched... about two or three, at least. Yeah, LA, yeah. <laughs> have you watched it two or three times, Ernesto? I've watched it at least twice. I've watched it twice. I want. Okay. I would love to watch it for a third because it, it hits me like Inception. I feel like every time 
I watch one of those films, I get something a little bit more. Yeah, that's what I felt. I feel like so on the second watch, did you pick up on a ton of more information than you did the first one? Oh yeah, yeah, because I'm not because you know that first watch it you're more of a kind of trying to figure out what's what's what the end goal, what's happening. But in when you already know, you're kind of looking, okay, well how did they set up and get there? And then you start to pick up a, and in that sense and you're you already know what's going on. So you're more picking up on all the little things, especially in a a, a Nolan film. Mhm. Right. Fantastic film, but Correct. definitely needed a couple more watches. Definitely. And what was the other film you watched? Oh, it was Soul, which oh. I only needed I needed to watch that one time to understand <laughs> the premise of that one. Yeah. Did you enjoy Soul? <laughs> I did. I, I found myself comparing it to Coco. Yeah, which was a little its bit. downfall because I loved Coco. Mm-hmm. And it also had that element of what happens after life with a musical component to it. Right. That one hit me, I think, a little harder than Soul. But Soul was still wonderful, and I know that that won an Oscar. Yes, it did. It won two. It won, you know, Best Animated Feature and Best Original Score, both well-deserving. But if you've been listening to uh, this show for the last few months, you know that we've been following the awards season uh, very closely. And last night, it all came to an end with uh, the 93rd Academy Awards. Uh, So Nomadland took the top spot last night, winning Best Picture, along with Chloe Zhao winning for Best Director and Frances McDormand winning for uh, Best Actress. Uh, The biggest surprise, however, came in the final award of last night, which gave Anthony Hopkins the Best Actor Award for his performance in The Father, uh, winning over the clear frontrunner, which was Chadwick Boseman, for his final performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So, uh, Ernesto, you can hear... Oh, you can hear Ernesto and I's conversation on that, as well as our full Oscars recap over on our Instagram page at boxoffice underscore bingers. Ernesto, we had a lot of fun having that conversation. Yeah, yeah, so that conversation lives on our Instagram live over there on our Instagram page, so be sure to check that out. Um, And we talked all of the nominations and our thoughts on the winners. Uh, But moving on from that... Uh, we have a couple of casting news we want to talk about that happened last week. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen will be joining the cast of Indiana Jones 5. He's playing an unknown role alongside Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Sonic, are you an indie fan? I've never watched an Indiana Jones film. Really? Are you serious? I I know. I've never watched one. Really? Fully. I've watched scenes here and there, of course, like some of the most famous ones. But yeah, I feel almost embarrassed to admit that, especially on your podcast. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's, well it's, it's it's kind of shocking because you're a big Star Wars fan. You yeah. you love Marvel. It, it feels like that Indiana Jones is right in that wheelhouse. You're probably right. I've just never been exposed to it. I'm sure I would love it. Maybe I just need to sit down and watch it one of these days. I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's definitely worth your time. <laughs> Yeah, That's I, what I, I hear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Ernesto, Mad Mickelson's joining the cast of Indy Five. Uh, he, he's known for playing villains, so I think I think it's safe to say that we know what he's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, so that's kind of exciting that he's joining the cast. He's also in. Um, he was in Rogue One. He played Jin uh, Jin uh, Erso's father. Yep, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was also the star of the Hannibal TV series. So he's definitely in the, you know, in that world as well. He was so, also the main character in Another Round, which just won, which won Internet, Best International Film. That's right. That's right. And we'll be talking about that movie next month. 
mm-hmm. uh, for our former film of the month. So yeah, a lot of Mad Mickelson happening. Also, he he was also he re, he replaced uh he's replacing Johnny Depp in uh, the Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Beast. That's right. Yeah. that's right. That's right. Sadaka, I know that you love Harry Potter, and I do. Uh, what what do you think about that whole Johnny Depp you know leaving the role, Mad Mickelson jumping in on that? So here, I, I am a huge Harry Potter fan, but I feel like I'm one of those snotty Harry Potter purists, where I love the seven <laughs> books, Correct. I will love the seven movies, but then when we started going beyond that and creating new characters and new storylines, that's when I sort of petered out. Mm. So did you watch the Fantastic Beasts 1 and 2? I tried to watch the first one and fell asleep three times, and I think oh. by the third time of me falling asleep, I thought, this is just not meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> But I've That's... heard good things about them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm kind of the same boat as you because I've read – I mean, I remember being a kid and going to the midnight book releases at Barnes yes. & Nobles for yes. specifically for book seven. Like people like screaming outside of their cars holding the Harry Potter book driving away. Like it was, it was nuts like for a freaking book. It was book. amazing. It was amazing. Right. It was fun. But like – I'm not I'm not here for the the Fantastic Beast movie. Like the first one me, was me was kind of okay. I, I liked it a little bit more than you, Sonica, but um, <laughs> I didn't fall asleep. But the second one, the second one, I just couldn't. I we tried. Found. I couldn't even pay attention. Like I felt like I was forcing myself to try to pay attention to what's going on because I just I just didn't care. I just didn't care okay, what was so happening. Okay, so let me ask you this: Did have your kids watched them? Yeah, they like they it. like them. They, they, yeah, they think they're okay, and I think that's what it is. They're just trying to cater to a, a much younger audience. I think so, too. I think that they're trying to bring in a new audience into this Harry Potter world, and your kids, I'm assuming, have not read all the books. Um, so they've been introduced in pieces. Like, okay. like um, I've seen they release the uh, – they have the Harry Potter, like, uh, picture book series. Like, they have a whole book one, and it's oh. like – and it's like they have all the all illustrations drawn out for it. It's written as a storybook. Like, I think the eventual goal is to do all seven books, although I can't see book seven being, like, <laughs> drawn out like a cartoon <laughs> like that. But I would love to see it. If yeah, I think – but it's cool. But it – and they – he enjoys it. So – and – my son, he's read. My oldest son has read the first two books. I think he's slowly okay. working his way through them. I think Fantastic Beasts is a movie series that people love. If they weren't exposed to the Harry Potter books at a young age, the way maybe our generation was, I yeah, feel it's like just those a are different the people thing. who like them. Like people who say they like Harry Potter now, I'm like, you think you like Harry Potter, <laughs> yeah. but like it's like a different thing. Like I remember reading the books over and over again, waiting for the next book to come out. So it's almost like you have a you have a different appreciation for the story because it's more ingrained into your brain because you've reread the material, like the book material, so many times. So like you look at the movies and they just have to meet a certain standard. It kind of just... feels like the same anticipation of every Marvel movie when they were going through phase like two and three. Mm-hmm. Like at the very Marvel, beginning, like, yes. Do you remember yes. in Harry Potter when we finally figured out who R.A.B. was, the name yes. that was etched in the locket? I mean, those were the kind of things that I remember theorizing. I totally agree with you. Yes. It was a different time. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 Sonica, I don't think you're missing much with the Fantastic Beasts series. No. So good to know, to, to say the least. Uh, but who knows? It could get good. But so far, that last outing, yeah, definitely not the greatest. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Amelia Clark, uh, Daenerys Targaryen herself from Game of Thrones, and Olivia Coleman, most recently in the Oscar-winning film The Father, but you also might know her 
from Netflix's The Crown playing Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, both will be joining the cast of the Disney Plus original series Marvel's Secret Invasion. Uh, both of their roles are unknown, but they will be joined by Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, the scroll from Captain Marvel. So, Sonica, how do you feel that the Queen of Dragons herself will be joining the Marvel, the MCU? I love it. I love her as an actress. I think she was obviously phenomenal in Game of Thrones. I think she was really great in the solo movie. And mm. I love that now we get to see her in this role, too. I'm a big fan of hers. Same. W- would you like to see her play a, you know, more or less a good guy or a bad guy? Like a villain or, you know, helping out Nick Fury in his troubles? I think it would be more fun to see her exercise the villainous side of things. But I feel like she might be a better fit for for a hero. Okay. I, I feel like when you get Amelia Clark, it's not a one and done. Like, yeah, she's coming true. in to do, all, you know, longevity. Uh, yeah. Hopefully making a bigger imprint into the MCU. Unlike Evan Peters, which feels like his... Uh, Oh, you know, man. Not so much, yeah. Did you guys get into that on the podcast? We did. Uh, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I know Biggest that... Biggest disappointment. <laughs> yeah, like that, that red herring with that, it would have been... I felt like it would have been better if they had just planted the seed of the multiverse through that. That one little... They didn't even have to really explore it. They could have just, like, just confirmed it. Like, oh, yeah, I pulled them from another universe, and he's here. And then that could have been, like, the starting link to bringing them over. A hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Ernesto, what do you feel about Amelia Clark or Olivia Coleman joining the MCU? Oh, I'm here for both of them, especially Amelia Clark. Regardless of how you feel about the Game of Thrones series and how you feel about her arc specifically, um, I think she just given that she's shown that she has the range that mm-hmm. she can play that she can play both characters. She can play that a character with that much emotional range. So, yeah, I think absolutely. I'm excited um, to see what she's going to bring because, I mean, you know, Secret Invasion, it can go either way. She can be one of the ones that go bad, just depending on what, what side she morphs to. <laughs> get it? Because <Yeah. laughs> scrolls, they morph, they shapeshift. Get it? No, we, no, we get it. We get <laughs> <All right>. it. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Nobody laughed, so I just wanted to make sure you got it. <laughs> we, were, we were smiling. <laughs> I guess I'll take it. I'll take that. <laughs> um, he, um, what's it called? Um. I just lost my train of thought. Uh, Amelia, uh, Olivia Coleman. I think she'd be a great in- introduction to the MCU. She'd be, she could be playing a bigger role. Uh, she can also be playing a scroll. So I, I don't know any one of these could be playing a scroll. It, it's yeah. kind of interesting to see where they kind of land on this. I mean, I'm just excited for secret, secret invasion in general. In general. I, yeah. It's going to be a great story. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, so moving on from that news, so uh, Sonic, I think this hits home for you just a little bit because I remember last year you were having this uh, complaint, and now this could be fixing it. So uh, Sony's making big money moves across Hollywood. Two weeks ago, we told you that Sony struck a multi-year deal with Netflix uh, that will have all 2022 Sony films. Uh, available to stream exclusively on Netflix nine months after the film's theatrical release. Well, now Sony just signed another multi-year deal, this time with Disney, that will see those films eventually hit Disney+, Hulu, and other Disney-owned networks and streaming services for when those films leave Netflix. That deal also includes, starting as soon as June 1st, that all Disney-owned platforms will be the new home for most of Sony's previous films, 
as well. That includes Spider-Man Homecoming, Far From Home, Jumanji, Venom, and many other films. Uh, With the streaming deals made between Netflix and Disney, Sony is walking away with about $3 billion. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, Sonica, I remember when you were having, like, this big Marvel binge, and you were like, I can't watch the Spider-Man movies because they're not on Disney+. Plus." It looks like it's coming your way fairly soon. I'm really excited to hear that because, yeah, every time – and I've done it two more times, I think, since – Are you serious? Left. Wow. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> love it. You know why? Because I love the end game scene where – I mean, you know, the scene where you get goosebumps, where everyone appears, and yes. then Captain America finally says Avengers Assemble. Mm-hmm. But in order to get the full – experience of that moment i feel like you have to go through all of the movies first because they open up so many you know open-ended things that all get tied back together so yeah i've done it two more times since then and there's always been this gaping hole where spider-man should be so i think this is this is phenomenal news hopefully this is the beginning of a beautiful partnership oh yeah I, i think so um ernesto we've had this conversation before about different You know, movie studios, Universal, Comcast doing uh, Peacock, Disney doing Disney Plus, um, you know, Warner Brothers doing HBO Max. Sony, on the other hand, they're like, no, 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 no streaming services for us. We're just going to dump all of our other stuff on other prominent streaming services and make, I don't know, $3 billion in the process. Because then they're like, you guys can stream it. Then they don't have to deal with the hassle. They can just rake the money on the back end. It's like yeah. you guys deal with all that. You yeah. just give a just give us the money when when it's ready. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It almost feels like that they say like, look, we're not going to make original content like these other guys. Like we just don't have the funding to do that. So let's just make money instead. Yeah, like you let's know, just keep pe- making our movies and then we'll just sell it to you guys. That's fine. Yeah, and <laughs> pretty much. So I think for for us anyway, that that's a great news for us because we're like, well, we don't have to worry about trying to find Sony movies because they're going to be on that is Netflix. nice. Yeah, it's. It's going to be on either Netflix or Disney Plus, and uh, we own both of them already. Because it do it does seem like the streaming services, like the streaming wars, like it's coming to a point where it's getting to be where now, all right, now there's coming to be so many of them that you have to start just like realistically, people, sh- you know, you're gonna have to start deciding. Like, yeah. if you're fortunate to get all of them, then that's great. But most people can't afford all the streaming services because that's gonna be if the same, if not a little bit more than what uh, having cable is. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, yeah, this is all good news all around. Looks like Sony's making, you know, billions of dollars. And hopefully they can just translate that money to make better movies in the future. Like, Sony makes great movies. I oh, yeah. They like, you know, films. just give us more Spider-Mans. That's that's yeah. fine. I'm fine with all of that. Um, so, yeah, and the last bit of news uh, that I want to mention, but we're going to dive into a little bit later because it kind of deals into spoiler territory a little bit. Uh, but Marvel announced that a Captain America 4 film is officially in the works with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier creator and showrunner Michael Malcolm Spellman co-writing the script. Mm. And so I, I, we, we're going to dive into that particular article or particular news a little bit later when we dive into our Falcon Winter Soldier because I don't want to spoil it here at the beginning. I'd rather talk about that later. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's all the news we have for you guys this week. Be sure to hit our social media channels. We'll post all of the breaking news when they happen all over there. Um, but now we're going to move over to uh, a fun segment we like to call what you're watching. So Sonica, we're going to start with you. What have you been watching? Well, I, I guess I just mentioned, I've, I've been watching the circle. I yeah, just mm-hmm. finished season one, binged it all. 
and now I'm on season two, episode four. I hate that I love this show. <laughs> uh, have either of you guys watched it? I love this. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it so much. I, Are I, you like, all I up to speed? I I'm not. I we haven't started season two. This is a Megan and I show. So we know we if if we weren't doing uh if we weren't out of town with uh, her mother over the weekend that would have totally been a weekend binge for sure, um yeah. but we're starting it soon. It's it's really good. It's really good. Um, so I've been watching that. We are watching Invincible too. Mm. Oh, I've heard about that one on Amazon Prime. How is that? Yeah. It's really really good. I'm so surprised. I mentioned this to Matt last week that I was watching it. And he said he hadn't watched it either. And I'm so shocked because I feel like it's 100% what you guys would appreciate. It sounds like more my show, but I don't think – if I know him correctly, I don't think you really like adult cartoons like that. That's not true. A bit, but <laughs> Every I, time I, I mention one, you're like, nah, okay. That sounds all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one looks interesting. I feel like this one's a little bit different. I, I would okay. definitely tune into that. Also, you know, it's Robert Kirkman. I you know I like his style so mm. you know you know I you know, as much as I liked or enjoyed The Walking Dead when it was I mean it's still on but I you know we we talked about this already Ernesto we kind of tapered yes. off a long time ago um, but you know the uh, Invincibles is like a comic he did before The Walking Dead and now it's getting its justice on on the screen so I'm totally interested in watching it. I just never started it yet yeah well same. I won't say much because I don't want to ruin it for you guys I really do think both of you guys should watch it I think it's right up your alley. But okay. from what I understand, and I've never read the comics myself, apparently Amazon has already taken enough liberties with the original material to where it seems like there's two different storylines. Oh, okay. okay. From okay, what I sense. hear, so that's yeah. just a rumor. But I, I heard the show is, like, really brutal. Is that true? It is. It's very graphic. Yeah. But, mm. uh, but again, it's a cartoon, so they can they can get away with it. There's a lot of blood. It's, it's, yeah graphic in that way okay like it to, to the point where after watching six straight episodes of this i started thinking to myself what happens in actual cartoons when people are hit by a car <laughs> do, we, do we just pretend there's no blood <laughs> how many times can the uh the coyote get blown up and not beaten into pieces he seems he just right, made of rubber and steel like <laughs> <laughs> have more of an impact <laughs> hey <laughs> um the, yeah that definitely it's definitely been on the watch list for a while and, and having that conversation with you last week sonica definitely piques my interest a little bit more there's also another podcast that i listen to that also like talks heavily you know about the show so mm-hmm. it's definitely been on my radar for a while uh anything else you got going on i just started watching I, I've tr- I tried watching this show before, and I don't know why it was hard for me to get into it. But now I'm restarting The Boys. I'm only really, on, yeah. I'm what is it? Two. What is it about it? Is it just something that you don't like about it, or is it like something that's just like throwing you off? So I've now watched the first episode three times, trying wow. to that's get such into a good it. episode. That's really like the, I feel like from the very beginning, like when his girlfriend just gets annihilated. Yeah. But it's like, and all he's like, if I remember correctly, he's like left with her hands. Yeah. He's like covered in her blood. Like that yeah. is insane. <laughs> it It is. I just wish I were more invested in at least one of the characters. Okay. 
I mean, to be honest, though, you haven't gotten past the first episode. I haven't. So really, so, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. You know, yeah. I understand, but it. Yeah. I mean, it, I really think you got to give it. You got to give it its due. Like, give it a couple yeah. episodes. It's really worth the watch. Okay. Fourth time. I, especially if you if you like, <laughs> especially if you're watching that graphic cartoon and you like that, yeah. like this should be. It, it feels relative, relatively the I, same, <laughs> right? And, and from what I've heard of Invincible, it seems fairly close, you know, subject matter, superheroes that can be a little dark, and and so that's that's exactly what the boys is. I I can't say anything more without spoiling Invincible for you guys. Okay, I mean, fair enough. Just, so I, I mean, you got to well, really get invested so into well. Homelander and everything Homelander does. Oh, uh, uh, God, it's yeah, so dark. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. we're giving, uh, All I got to say is just give it its due. Give it a chance. Okay, okay. The other day we started, well, I started rewatching it in bed and my fiance fell asleep. He's already all caught up, by the way. He's all <laughs> watched second season too. He just went ahead and watched it without me. And he fell asleep. I continued watching it. The next morning he was like, you've got to tell me what you think of Homelander. And I'm like, I, I don't think I've gotten that far yet. For the excitement <laughs> level that you're asking me that question with, yeah. I don't think I've what I'm supposed to see. <laughs> it's, I, I, it's definitely worth giving it, giving it time, giving it its due. I, I will say right, that, especially I'll if you that. love, if you love comic book material and you love like stuff like Invincible and Marvel and all that stuff. Like it's, it's right up your alley. Did you mm. end up seeing the new Justice League? I did. And what I did you think of that? What, that. what did well, you I mean, think of was... Justice League? head and shoulders better than the original one. Well, of course, that, that goes without saying. But you, were, you were good with the four hours and everything. No. <laughs> she's like absolutely not yeah i liked I, it except for that <laughs> how come every scene was a slow motion scene at first I was like, this is really cool and then about the third slow motion scene i was like this is getting way too long and then when we started watching a slow motion scene of a football game was when i thought we are overusing this <laughs> way too much this could have easily been a three-hour movie Okay. Without I, the slow motion. I read an article saying that 10% of the movie is in slow motion. Yes, I read that same one, and that's yeah. that's a big percentage of a movie that's four <laughs> <Yeah>. hours long. <laughs> did you did you do it all in one sitting? How did you watch it? I had to do that in two sittings. Okay. Uh, I think our 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 issue was we started it at 10 o'clock at night, so there was Oof. just no way that we yeah. were going to get through it on the first. Yeah, try. definitely that. that definitely that, not. Uh huh. That wouldn't so start that at too. 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, in the post-credit scene itself, I feel like I should have set aside 30 minutes to watch the post-credit scene. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> not lying. <laughs> it's a lot going on there. It's a lot happening. <laughs> but I mean, it just. I mean, and then now we got the hashtag that's going restore the Snyderverse. I mean, I'm here yeah. for it. They so they much. set up they set up so many good so many good things. Like if they had just let him get his vision out. And I understand that that was the purpose of this movie was to sort of outline what it was his universe would look like. But it did also bug me that we saw what four seconds of Martian Manhunter and then nothing. Yeah. It's like where where were you like like all this time ago? Like you could have helped out then. Like got you next time, bro. It's like right. where were you this time? Exactly. I'll be there for the sequel, maybe. He's like it's like when Darkseid was about to come out. Spoiler alert. He's like he's like waiting. He's in the corner. He's like oh he didn't come out. He's like all right they got it. Like he just flew yeah. away. Yeah. He's like I'm only gonna come out with Darkseid comes. I was like I oh, know he's yeah, he he stayed in the portal. He's, oh he's wait what? he's in the portal. No, no. All right, he's good. Good enough. 
<laughs> but I, I will say overall, I loved it. It was a really enjoyable experience. I'm glad yeah. that they were able to refine a couple things that were definitely not great in the first one. Mm-hmm. First and one's I terrible. Wish... <laughs> the first one is really awful. It's really bad. Like <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's just it was really bad. Like it's just disjointed. Like you literally, you like how many? You feel like you're watching two different movies that mm-hmm. they just pasted together. Absolutely. Yeah. And then he cut out the whole cyborg storyline. Oh. I loved that storyline too. Yes. I thought that was such a strong character. Yes, that made that that his whole storyline like really tied everything together and like the sacrifice. Yeah. His dad makes oh, great film. Great film. But, but speaking of strong characters, if I hear from Wonder Woman one more time about her ex, the pilot, <laughs> we get it. You love him. <laughs> she knew him for two weeks, and not a single movie has gone by where she hasn't talked about him. I I remember you having some issues with Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. The Hallmark movie. <laughs> did you hate it? It did. See, I did feel like it was a little cheesy, but it was like a. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it cheesy. Like I enjoyed it for what it was. I felt like the entire movie was her coming to grips with the fact that her lover is now dead. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like the repercussions of like if you keep him around, then the world's gonna suffer. I yeah. have like eight Hallmark and Lifetime movie recommendations for you this upcoming <laughs> holiday season. If that's your speed, so I got you covered. <laughs> As long as, but does it have Wonder Woman like sprinkled on top? No, it's probably like not that. So I, I don't I'll know if I'd be that interested. I will personally edit in a scene from Ocean's Eleven at the end of one of these Hallmark movies, so you can get your fill of action and your fill of this romance tragedy, all in one for you. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Well, fair enough. Wow. Um, anything else you've been watching? Actually, I know one other thing you've been watching that we discussed a little bit ago. Uh, I know you, you were not the biggest fan of Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, to preface, I've never watched a Godzilla movie in my life. I've never watched a Kong movie in my life. So, you know, I just got off of weekends two weeks ago and my fiance mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to take you out for a special Saturday night date night. We haven't had these in forever. He wouldn't tell me where we were going. I got all dressed up. We're starting to head towards, you know, our little shopping area complex. He goes, surprise, we're going to go see a movie. And I was like, oh, wow, what movies are even out right now? And he yeah. goes, Godzilla versus Kong. And about five minutes into the movie, I thought, we are not here for me. <laughs> This movie was just an excuse for him to go see it. Now, apparently, he grew up watching Godzilla, like the, the like dubbed movies. Oh, wow. So okay. he was a huge okay. Godzilla fan. So I think he liked the movie a lot. From my perspective, I, I, yeah, Matt, Matt heard an earful from me when I came into work that following Monday. I just, I felt so bad for Kong. He's in these shackles on sea. He's drowning. Godzilla's <laughs> head is way too small for his body. <laughs> the, the list was long with complaints. Wow. I apologize. I think the fight scenes were really, really cool, but I could have <sighs> seen them on YouTube, you know? Wow. Wow. Was there anything... When was the last time you went back to the movie theater? Besides the, that one. Yeah. Uh, wow. I 
actually think it may have been Endgame. Wow. Oh, wow. I know we really wanted to see Tenet in theaters because, of course, Christopher Nolan himself was trying to fight really hard to wait for the release of that in theaters. That obviously didn't end up happening. We watched it uh, on HBO. Same thing with Wonder Woman. So, yeah, I really think maybe Endgame was Did you see Far From Home in theaters? I must have, right? Yeah, that, that came yeah, out so after maybe Endgame. Far from home. Far from maybe home. Far okay. From home. So it was. It's been a while since you went back to the theater. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, did that? I mean, the movie aside, did it feel nice to go back into a movie theater and watch a movie, despite how you felt about the movie? Yeah, I had a red cherry icy, and refills were free. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was. She was all about it. I guess so. I, I guess there's all that. All about it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, really nice to go back into a movie theater, and I'm glad to see that more and more of them are reopening. And I don't mean to hate on Kong versus Godzilla. It's just um, I did not find it to be good. But, I mean, look, it wasn't your cup of tea. I mean, we yeah. we, we definitely had you. our yeah we had our issue with the movie. We talked about it in a previous episode. It definitely wasn't the greatest movie of all time. Nowhere close. And there were many problems with the story, but we enjoyed the action. And with a title like Godzilla yeah. versus Kong, if you give us that. We, there's you, not like, much what we were can you going, complain about. Like, what were you expecting? Yeah, like, we, it's like, you know it, what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's not much that we can really fault it on for like, well, they did give us the, the action, so there's yeah. that. <laughs> and they and they gave us a Godzilla versus Kong, and we had a clear winner. Like, there was a clear winner at the end mm-hmm. of who won between mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, yeah, and to be fair, it is a movie about two creatures who can't talk. Right, so, yeah. I, I suppose, yeah, we, we, we got what we... <laughs> <laughs> you, Although you I do felt like expected. I do felt like they were like talking to each other at certain points. Like there was definitely some sort of communication going on between them. Like when they were roaring into each other's face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one. I, I won. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he was screaming at him. <laughs> that's exactly what he was saying, Ernesto. <laughs> theoretically, I just don't see how Godzilla beat him. What do you mean? He's a nuclear lizard that shoots lasers out of his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Ernesto, when you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it does, by the way. <laughs> okay, but, it's, but it's we're true, talking it's about a nuclear lizard that's, what is he, like 100 feet tall? I don't a, know. A, I don't fighting know. a massive gorilla or monkey or whatever the hell you want to call him? Kong had the ass. Kong had, by the way, Kong's just as tall, isn't he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's, he's just as height. big. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got two hands and two feet and a proportionately sized head to his body. Yeah, but then Godzilla just lit him. All he had to do was just burn his body off. Like all he had to do was just laser him with his mouth, and he got him. He did. I just I I was rooting for Kong. Maybe that's why I'm really upset here. I, I was kind of I felt like we were all rooting for Kong though. Like yeah, yeah, but he was the emotional impact of the story. Obviously, yeah. like we that was the, our tie. But anyway. I think it's because I think it's because we look at Kong as like a dirty second cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, you know, because, you know, evolving from apes, monkey, never mind. <laughs> I don't get I don't get that connection at all. A- anything else you've been watching, Sonica? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think that, that's the bulk of it. And then rewatching okay. a couple shows. I've been rewatching uh, Schitt's Creek. Oh, that's, but that's uh, always now in the background. It's replaced The Office. I see. For me now that The Office has been taken out. Well, it's don't, on Peacock, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Peacock. Uh, right? The Office is on Peacock, yeah. I don't. I don't have Peacock. Peacock I, is free. I, I mean, well, well, well not, not not all, all episodes. Yeah, uh, are free on Peacock. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Whack. Same problem with <laughs> Parks and Rec. 
they put you on that paywall. Whack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying these streaming services. They're, yeah, they they're trying to get you all your money. Um, all right, so Ernesto, what have you been watching? Um, not much. I think Matt, I mentioned you to a little bit as we were getting ready for the Oscars. I watched uh, Pieces of a Woman on mm-hmm. uh, Netflix. I watched that with my wife, and uh, we were not we were not ready for that opening one shot. So the opening scene is a one shot of uh, uh, what's I don't remember the actress's name, but it, uh, her, Vanessa Kirby, Vanessa Kirby, and her her fiance, who's played by Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a home birth. And in the home birth, the the baby passes away. That's the premise of the movie. Like, we were just, it's it's very it's a very very intense scene. Like it's a very intense opening. Like Vanessa, she gives an, a a beautiful performance. Um, just having me and my wife dealing with the stillbirth ourselves. Like it was just like I like after it was done. Like the la- the scene ends on like like outside their house, and you see the ambulance there. And it just holds there for like a few extra seconds, and then you hear like the, the rumblings in the background. Like we just had to pause the movie and like, all right, we need to. I was like, maybe I need to take a couple minutes to like collect myself. But um, overall, it was a great, great film. Um, but it was just really intense, really intense beginning. I highly, if I think if you're interested in watching it, like you should definitely give it a watch. It's, it's just, it just understand that the beginning is very, very hard to stomach. Like if, if you're not able to handle it, then, then stay away. But otherwise, otherwise it's a great film. Um, I am still watching made for love. I didn't get to catch the last two episodes. It's a new mini series on HBO max. Um, but the premise is this billionaire boyfriend. Who's kind of like, he's like the Google owner of this world. And he created a microchip that he puts in his girlfriend's head that he can like watch her and spy on her all the time. And she finds out it's really it's really intense. Uh, so it kind of it, it kind of goes through that. It's it's pretty good. It's got two episodes left. Um, I'm interested to see how that ends. Uh, I finished that documentary Q into the storm about the whole QAnon thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It, um, so it basically it. it Follows like a year, a whole year before all leading up to the insurrection at the Capitol. It is really, really intense. Like he talks, the filmmaker talks to the the owners of 8chan and who the suspect, who they think Q might have been. I mean, they they got interviews from like Steve Bannon, like people like really in the government and like they they got really, really involved. It was, it was really, really good. Um, Highly, highly recommend it. It's only six episodes. Each episode's about an hour long. But it's it's very detailed. It's a very detailed account of inside the organization and in the movement and how it came to be and all leading up to that crazy moment earlier this year. Did you watch it all at once or did you break it no, up? No, no, I, I definitely I had to break it up. Uh, it took me about maybe three or four sittings, but it's it's very, very engaging. Like you're, you're always like I was like next episode, next episode, like ready to go. But um, highly recommend it uh, for anybody to watch. And finally... Uh, I started watching Solar Opposites Season 2. It's Justin Roiland's new show. He also created Rick and Morty, so it's kind of very that similar style of comedy. Very uh, a graphic cartoon, very similar to probably Invincible. But it uh, it's dark, you know. The It's about these little al- these aliens who move into America, who move into Earth, and kind of what they go through here. And these little kids, like if he finds an asshole on the street... He has a shrink ray and he shrinks the person and he's created a colony of little people in his wall. 
And so there's like a whole sub story. It's fucking crazy. It's like a whole sub story about these little people who live in their wall, but they do like this, uh, they make it like this epic, like action drama. Like there was like a revolution last season. And then this season there's a murder. And then they have the Sterling K Brown is in, is in this season. Cause at first I'm like, why does that voice sound so familiar? It's like, Oh, it's Randall. <laughs> but he's playing yes it is he's playing and it's funny because they're doing a murder mystery and he's right he's playing a writer from the tv show bones (laughs) they're like you can help with this murder mystery you used to used to be a writer on bones you know about this stuff (laughs) isn't this supposed to be a comedy it is it is it's a very graphic cartoon it's very it's it's I'm, i'm here for it though like if you like rick and morty like it's that very similar style of comedy yeah, I'm not a big fan of Rick and Morty. So yeah, I know. I, this is why this is why I was surprised you said you were interested in adult cartoons. But you know, may, may, Robert Kirkman is, and Justin Roiland are completely two different people. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I've also, by the way, never been able to get into Rick and Morty. Yeah, a lot of people because of my my it's an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people told me I should watch it because of, I'm a big fan of Back to the Future and there are a yes. lot of similarities between the two. And I've given it a shot. I've watched like the first maybe five episodes and I was like, I really don't care for this. I, I, I tried. It, it just did not hit me. At, I couldn't get into it. I really didn't. I couldn't. I'm with you, Matt. Yeah. yeah. How, did you, how many episodes did you did you give it, Sonica? Did you... Not five. I not think five. I gave it two. Yeah. I, I, my fiance finds it funny, so it's always sort of on in the background, but I've never once laughed during that during that show i i do wish though ernesto that i was the type of person who did understand the show because i've heard it's very intelligent humor yes that's, i've heard the same i mean i so i don't know see, I, I, I just think that's now. weird i don't think i don't i don't consider myself like extremely intelligent but i mean i just think it's funny like <laughs> so to me it's not really like intelligent it's like it, I, I it's like more like mindless with like i guess nihilistic undertones i guess it's the best way to put it I don't Interesting. know. I'm here for it. All right. Uh, is that all you got? Yeah. 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 I, feel ju- I feel judged now, but yeah. No, you're no, definitely not judged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely, uh, Ernesto, going back on the first thing you mentioned, I definitely co-sign on um, Pieces of a Woman. I, I don't think that the first uh, 30 minutes was as strong as the rest of the movie, but that 30-minute yeah. one-shot is definitely packs a huge punch. Um, yeah. And like, that, that, that could have been a short. That could have just... Like, they could have ended the movie there and make a live-action short, and it wouldn't be just as impactful as the rest of the movie was. Yeah, but it, I think her – yes, I agree with you. And the rest of the movie, I don't know. Like, her journey was just really – it was just kind of weird. Yeah. It, it was kind of weird, but it was it was, it was was good, though. It was good. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I just, you know, a lot of people are looking at it at the Oscars, and she only got nominated for a performance. The movie wasn't mentioned at all. I kind of see that, but – her performance was definitely noteworthy of an Oscar nom. I wish it would have been. I wish it was at least mentioned for cinematography because, mm. like, there was quite a few one shots within the film itself. Like that wasn't that was the most prominent one, but sure. that wasn't even the only one. And that film, it focused a lot on cinematography. Absolutely, yeah. And and it was that. I mean, that's not that's not that's not hard to do. I mean, sorry, that's not easy to do. No, to to, like, to, con- to conform a one shot like that. Like people just don't. I don't think people appreciate like how hard that that is to achieve like yeah. what like how like like I, the reality of trying to achieve that is almost near to impossible like there's just so many things have to go right for that to be achieved yep. like everything so has true. to fall into place um but yeah i definitely co-sign on that movie as well available on netflix 
Um, but yeah, I, Ernesto, I'm with you. I haven't been watching much of anything, really. I've been busy with the Oscars. Uh, I've been doing other things. I was out of town over the weekend. So the only thing I really got to watch uh, since we last spoke was a show called Younger. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, um, but it's a show that Megan and I, we watched together. Uh, the final season just happened. or it's, it's a show that airs on TV land, but because of all the streaming stuff now like it first airs on paramount plus and then a week later it goes on hulu and then eventually it goes on tv land it's very weird uh but we have hulu so we're sticking to that timeline and we started the final season and if, if you guys know anything about the show it's about a 40 year old woman who pretends to be a 20 20 year old uh working at a, a publication company so she sounded like she just recently got into a divorce and she she's a single mother and um she's trying to like pretty much fake it and uh you know being a 20 year old in this in this world and so she's working for a publication company and then she has an affair with uh you know a guy who runs a tattoo parlor in his 20s but then also has feelings for the 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 president of the publication company and then the whole thing starts for that it's a fun-filled drama uh to the mix while also trying to keep the secret that she is 40 and not 20 something um hillary duff is in it so she co-stars with her and she's i think she's great in it um knowing what we know about you know her involvement with Lizzie McGuire, the ups and downs of that, and seeing what she does in this show, I totally understand of why she wants to be more in adult roles and not kind of go back a little bit. But overall, I think that the drama's fun, and the drama continues as, as always in this season. It's funny. Um, if anyone's even interested in what I just said, I definitely recommend giving it a watch. All seasons are available on Hulu, and the final season's going on right now. So, Sonica, have you ever heard of that show before? I have heard of it, and I've been toying with wanting to start it, but I think you just solidified it for me. But I'm a huge Hillary Duff fan. I'm really excited to hear about her involvement in the How I Met Your Mother spinoff. And she right. was saying now that she's ended her run on Younger, this is a perfect opportunity. So, yeah, maybe maybe this is the push I needed. I, I do want to watch that show. I think I think you would enjoy it. I, there's enough there that keeps you like a little bit of mystery. Not I'm sorry, not mystery. There's a lot of suspense there. There's comedy. They have like these quirky characters in the mix. Um, it's a, it's a good all around good show. A show that I did not expect to come out of TV land, to say the least. So I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the show uh, quite much. And you know, it's it's one of those shows that Megan started, and then I kind of just like peer over. I'm like, what's what's going on over there? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see. Um, okay. And uh, what happened? What'd she say? And she's like, just sit down. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll just sit all right, down. You got, me. <laughs> you got me. All right, I'm, I'm hooked now. Uh, but honestly, that's all I've been watching. The rest of it has been you know busy and um, work uh, you know Oscar stuff. Uh, so with that, we're going to move over to the conversation we've been wanting to talk about for forever at this point. Uh, we're going to dive into our spoiler review of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, <laughs> let me restart that. Uh, the spoiler review of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, all six episodes are now available on Disney+. Plus. So, Sonica, we'll start with you. What were your like, kind of like overall thoughts of the series as a whole? I really, really loved it. I have very few, if any, complaints, I think. I just have more questions, but I guess we'll, we'll get to that later. I am glad that it was such a 180 from what we experienced in WandaVision. Yeah. Mm. It was a totally different show. Totally um, different vibe, yeah. Totally different vibe. I, I do miss the anticipation of WandaVision's episodes every week because I think it, it just provided more opportunities for us to theorize for six mm. days before the next episode would come out. Whereas with Falcon and Winter Soldier, but we knew this, right? Going into this, the creators and the writers were, were all telling us you need to watch this as sort of a long form movie, 
which is exactly yeah. what it felt exactly like. Exactly what it was. Yep. Uh, but it, I think it was phenomenal. I think the costume looked great when he finally arrived as uh, Captain America. I thought the journey for him mentally getting there was fantastic. I love seeing his transition to becoming Captain America because he's, of course, the first person to wear that suit that hasn't taken the serum. Right. Even uh, Walker had the serum at one point. So I, I, I loved it. I loved what they were able to do with it. I loved the bromance that we saw between him and Bucky Barnes. I loved that Bucky got as much airtime and we got to know him a little bit better. I thought it was really well done. Ernesto, uh, what about you? Uh, very same. I liked how, like, in the very beginning, like, the very first episode, you get that glider opening scene, mm. and then you get the Falcon, like, that's his first intro in, like, just immediate action, like, you, like kind of very similar to what you were saying, Sonica. It's just one one big, long movie, and look at the last episode. The last episode was, like, one big-ass fight scene. Yeah, like inter- for I mean, for the most part, most of the episode was spent them fighting with the, the, re- the final match with the Black Smashers. Um, you get that epic episode closer where Walker uh, kills one of the flag smashers. You know, you see the blood on the shield. Like that was just—I don't know—that was just such an iconic shot. Like the little bit of blood on the end. It's almost like the blood stained on America. Like, like him mentally staining the shield, but also physically staining the shield. I don't know. Like it was just a lot of that. We didn't get a. There weren't too many Easter eggs. There was quite a few. Obviously, they set up. We see with uh, Walker becoming the U.S. agent at the very end, and then there's been like this poster meme i don't even know if it's fan made but i guess teasing of what the thunderbolts can be showing thunderbolt Mm -hmm. ross with hulk showing him as a u.s agent i think uh zemo is involved as well so i'm kind of i'm kind of curious to see where that's going i think that's what maybe julia louis dreyfus's character is going to be because actually it may be because isn't i think taskmaster is in um he's in that too because she's supposed to show up in the next black widow movie she hasn't appeared. She hasn't appeared. Appearance. She's announced an appearance in the in the Black Widow movie. Well, she was supposed to have her debut come out of yeah. Black Widow. Now, now her debut was Falcon Winter Soldier. So we don't know what her role is going to be in Black Widow. If it's a big one, a small one. But yeah, it was her don't appearance. Don't we already know? I don't know how big of a role she was. I don't know. Get I haven't been able to look exactly what her role is, but my but yeah, that's my assumption. Well, now we do, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I think her 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 debut as the character was supposed to be in Black Widow, but because of the shifting of you know release dates oh, and the I pandemic, see. her debut was now Falcon and Winter Soldier instead. Um, so I think as if we were how we were supposed to watch it, it was supposed to be like, oh look, there's uh, uh, Louis Jarrett Dreyfus. I said that completely wrong. Um, <laughs> in uh, from Black Widow, like I think that was supposed to be our reaction. Instead yeah. of, oh look, it's. I'm sorry. Who are you? What, what are you? Who, what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know who you're doing. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you, Ernesto. Um, but overall, it was great. I love how they tied it together at the end, and it wasn't you know just about him being the next Black America. You know, I'm just glad. I liked how at the end they tied it together because you always get the title card at the end would always say Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and at the very end of Episode Six it said. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, like recognizing his transition, and man, I loved his how comic book accurate his suit was. Oh my god! Like really, the dominant white and the goggles, like everything, everything was beautiful. I loved, I loved how, and I, I you can tell that it's like an upgraded version of it because you know Shuri, all would always tell him, you know, if something breaks, there's not a say you can make it better, and obviously 
we in that last battle, last that last battle, we see how much better his suit is. Oh, his his that's probably one of the highlights of this of the series was him walking out with that shoot, suit. And I hate that they teased us on episode five, especially for all of us watching week what's to in week. The box? Yeah, what's <laughs> in the box? And I was like, I was like, no, don't make us wait a whole other week to see him in the suit. And but when when we finally got it though, it's like. Uh, like a, a a roaring cheer, almost as so as if we saw that in the theater. Can yeah. you just imagine like him coming out with the suit, and the the, the crowd would have went nuts. And some of those fight scenes were just so like just really visually exciting. Like like especially when he had the new suit, he kind of I think they hit him with a rocket or something, and he used his wings. It's mm-hmm. like a he made like a like a whole like a bubble shield and I was like oh <laughs> like, I was just it was just very I don't know it's just very exciting like when he knocked that guy out of the helicopter and yeah. he timed it with that lady with who who knew how to fly like that was great oh it was it was yeah. great great all around yeah and and so I, I I'm kind of in the same boat with the both of you I I can understand why Marvel wanted this to be their first show out of the gate like they you know they episode one they just nailed you with that amazing aerial action scene. And and they kind of also touched upon a story. I feel like this show gave us two things. One, probably the most serious Marvel story to date. And I and I you know to some degree, what I mean by that is that like it tackled real world issues that I didn't think Marvel was gonna go down. Uh, so like much social like social issues. Yeah, social issues. I especially... mean, because cause just because with WandaVision, that that is whole about her home coming at grips with death. Like well, yeah, they, grief and stuff like that, yeah. And but in this case, like we went head on with race. Yeah. And and for a show that is tailored to primarily, you know, teens, us as fans, and also children, like for them to touch on those topics, not like subtly, like they really hit you, you know, they, they talk about it front for you know, um head on. And even with the Isaiah Bradley story. Like even just go as far as him saying, you know, the world's not ready for a black Captain America. There will never be a black Captain America. And for them to have those serious conversations in a show like this, I was just like kind of like I'm I'm not surprised to hear this content. I'm just surprised that Marvel's going in that direction uh, when they have never really done that in the past. But why? I mean, I get at this point, why not? Why not start now? Yeah, I mean, he becomes Captain America in the comic books. Yes, he does. But like, but they could have just easily... They, okay, what, what I'm saying is like they could have just started the show with him already in the suit. Oh, you know I see what, what you're mean? saying. Like, not not we don't like not seeing the transition. Just seeing Correct. like like they could have started it with him being him already being Captain America. Right. But, like they, they, but then we wouldn't have gotten the John Walker introduction. No, absolutely. I mean, I I think they played it very smart. I think also the. Uh, when in the final episode, when you know Falcon, uh, or I guess Sam now Captain America having the discussion with the GRC, of uh, like after you know he uh, what what's her name um, Carrie uh, Morgenthau Carly Carly Morgenthau, uh, when when he's carrying her dead body uh, down to the street and then he's like look 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 what happened here this could have easily been avoidable and he had this huge monologue. Of just really just putting it in your face, it's like, look, it's it's like I wrote some of this down. It's like, um, that's a good thing that we finally come to an, uh, have a common struggle. Uh, now think about for once, think about all the once people begging to have your attention, literally begging uh, to feel what we feel. 
Like, what are you going to do with that information now? Like, you know, our struggle now, we've been trying to show you our struggle for so long. And I couldn't imagine thinking that monologue to the Capitol riots. It's like getting the, getting the government's attention on, on, you know, on the issues that are happening on the ground floor. I, I just yeah. felt like there was a lot of parallels that were there. Um, like e even yeah. so another line, another line that he said, um, I'm, I'm a black man wearing the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Every time I pick up this shield, I know there are millions of people who are going to hate me for it. Even now, right now here, I feel it. The stairs, the judgment, there's nothing that I can change yet I'm still here. There's no super soldier serum. The only power that I have is that we can do better. I'm like, I've never heard that being said in any Marvel show or any Marvel content. I see what you're saying. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's just like I, I, I just got not, I got taken aback by in a good way. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, Marvel, let's 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 do this. Let's have these conversations. And I thought it was also like you were saying, like, he's like, oh look, that's the Black Falcon. He's like, no, that's Captain America. Like, we're not going to put a label in front of this. He's not he's not the Black Captain America. He is Captain, Captain America. America. And this whole six episode arc was about that. They they could have easily just had him start with, I am, I am the new Captain America. What can I do? The show started with, I don't want to be Captain America. Let's put this shield in a museum. Like it could have started with whatever the Captain America four film is going to be about. Exactly. Yeah. And instead, now we have like, I don't want to be Captain America. This deserves in a shield. This doesn't belong to me. I I can't own up to this. And the whole series was about, yes, you do deserve to hold the mantle. Um, and I really appreciated the show for doing that, especially tying into the Isaiah Bradley story, which is very prominent uh, comic book series, I believe is black, red, white and truth or red, blue, red, something, something truth or red, black and truth. One, one of the one of those titles. Uh, I, sorry if I mispronounced the title or misspoke, but it's a comic book that kind of uh, showcases Isaiah Bradley's story of like he was you know, fed with the super soldier serum and then forgot about by the government. But yet within that time, he was doing all these secret missions. A, a lot of, uh, of black uh, people in the war were doing those secret missions. So again, like to even to tackle that, and then you have that heartfelt moment at the end where he, you know, you, um, he gets um, put in the museum yeah. and now like people will never forget your story. It, it's like, it's to me, that was the strongest point of the storyline um, Sonica, how, how did you, uh, feel about, you know, Sam's journey through that whole series? Well, I agree with a lot of what you said. I also feel like it served a dual purpose having the six episode arc, because mm. even for the viewers, I feel like we needed time to get over the fact that the Captain America that we grew up watching, and I say grew up watching cause it's been 10 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we needed to sort of get on board with that too. I mean, it's such a huge transition. This was the first Captain America. And I think for a lot of people, Steve Rogers is the Captain America. And so right. I think it provided us that transition of we got to learn a little bit more about Falcon. We really didn't know that much about him yeah, before absolutely. the start of this show. So we got to know about his background, his his nephews, niece and nephew? Yeah, nephews? his sister, her yeah, kids. Yeah, the nephew, his nephews, yeah. His nephews, his sister. Yeah, we got we got to know a little bit more about his background and we started rooting for him. We wanted him to be Captain America. And I think by the end, you, you sort of achieve the same love for him that you had for Steve Rogers, someone that we had come to know over the course of 10 years. I will say I did not much care for Carly. I feel like that storyline mm. and that character development fell a little flat for me. But I do also know it's because they had to cut out a lot of scenes because they had this whole 
virus storyline that they then had to take out of the show. And apparently that also cut out a lot of the scenes where you, where you empathize with her. Mm. So that was a little unfortunate. I wish we, we could have grown to understand her a little bit more because by the end, when he was carrying her body back and giving the speech, the speech hit home for me, but I still couldn't find myself empathizing with Carly at all. You make a really good point because throughout this whole series, I did not care for her character at all. As the leader of the Flag Smashers, I understood the cause. I just didn't like, I couldn't sympathize with her that often. And it, and it could have been due to the fact that, like you said, because they cut out a lot of scenes, but ultimately I didn't feel like she was a strong villain. Also, be, and I feel like that's the lack of, you know, that's kind of like the Marvel trope where we spend... 90 minutes of screen time with our hero and we only spend 20 minutes with our villain so within that time frame when we're focusing a lot of story on how we're building up our hero how do we the the time that we have left how do we make a compelling villain and the answer is they're not doing a, a, an amazing job of doing that like but then you look at loki look how much screen time he has to not only have us love him as a villain but also maybe a potential hero anti-hero type figure so i think that's one of marvel's weakest points is not really giving us time to understand what they do what what motivates them to be the villain in certain cases and again that i'm sure the pandemic played such a huge part in that I, mm -hmm. I would love to see the scenes maybe after the fact if they you know release them as deleted scenes but i i agree with you i just felt no empathy uh ernesto what do you feel about carly uh morgan Thau's, uh her you know her as the villain the leader of the flag smashers i mean it was kind of to me it was secondary to the main story which was sam's yeah. coming to accept him being captain america because obviously mm -hmm. we got a lot we got a lot with john walker and him them him and bucky running into them and you know seeing seeing him go to the dark side and then kind of come back i mean they were it, it felt like it, they were there just to like just as like a as like a mini plot device for what yeah. the story that they really wanted to tell like it wasn't it wasn't the most dominant thing yeah like it, was, I... it was very a very one-sided villain yeah, I, I totally agree. And then, like, her dying at the end of the series, like, okay, you know, I'm sorry that you passed away, but we got this great monologue afterwards, so there's yeah, and that. He, you know, and he brought up a good point, too. He's like, when she dies, do you want to see what Carly 2.0 is? Right, yeah. And even, even after that, even before that, he was like, um, you guys, you know, you guys don't even understand why she died. You didn't even bother to ask why she would, she died for a for a cause and like he even said stop calling them terrorists like you're putting labels on this it's like she's fighting for a noble cause you just don't you're not willing to accept it and or even try to understand it to come to a common ground that we should be you know you know settling this conflict uh in a civil way and not you know in a in a you know flag smashing way <laughs> and, it, and it was you know it's funny because they're like yeah but falcon it's hard like yeah. oh yeah you want to know what's hard fighting thanos that was yeah. hard yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. only here because of me let's just remember that like, yeah seriously <laughs> uh and like he was really to your face about it and he even cursed i'm like oh look at you marvel i know right you know yeah he, he, he they definitely know how to throw a curse word in there effectively like even he's like shit like you guys know what i've done so far you guys even come to ask what you know not even a thank you on that 
But I, but I do love that it was more of a straightforward drama. I'm sorry, action drama as opposed to WandaVision, which was more like I don't even want to say psychological, but it made you it did make you think mm-hmm. and wonder what was you know what the connection were, what was going on. Whereas this was a very straightforward story, start to finish. Absolutely. Um, Sonica, what did you think about the Winter Soldier? His his arc in this series. Oh man, I I grew to I, I think I've always been a fan of Bucky Barnes, but I especially loved his character growth during the series. I think I love that we were able to see a little bit more of his humor, a little bit more of his you know sarcastic. His back and forth with his therapist was wonderful. I loved his list. I loved following that black book and the journey that he had to take and learning what it meant to do what's best for others and not necessarily for you. And that's how you'll you'll find, um, you know, redemption or, or some sort of sense of redemption through all of this. But Bucky has always been one of my favorites. And I, mm. I, I loved his journey through this show. What about you guys? I thought he, I thought it was great. I, I do wish I would have gotten a little bit more at the end with him and the old man, just because we got that time in the beginning of the series. Like, yeah, we got him telling him about his son, but I guess maybe we, we we don't need to see it. We know what the expected fallout is. Like he was hurt. He probably told him to leave, especially when you get that scene with him and the girl in the shop and mm-hmm. he just goes up to the window and walks away. It's just like, like how else do you expect to tell a man to, to, how do you expect him to tell, to take it that he told him that he killed his son and that yeah. he, no other real explanation except for that he had to. So well, I kind of love the way they ended that because the whole relationship that he had built with that old man to begin with was one to ease his own guilt. And when he finally stepped up and took responsibility for what he did and admitted it to the man and gave the man closure, that chapter of their relationship was done. He, he didn't build Mm -hmm. that relationship on anything more than that guilt. So I, I kind of liked that the emptiness that we felt as an audience watching that was the exact same emptiness that he felt, because I think I'm sure over time he he grew to really adore this man in a different way, and now sure. he doesn't get that because of what he did. I just thought it was a really neat parallel. Like I, I think we felt kind of what he felt at the end. Damn, but no, you you bring up a really good point. I hadn't really I hadn't really thought about it like that. But you that I, it actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, I I think having that relationship to begin with is kind of comical because like you don't often think of Bucky Barnes as being 116 years old, you know, <laughs> or 106 years old, whatever the the age that they said in the movie or in in the series is like, oh yeah, you are an old man, so you would relate to you know, having a friendship with another older man or older people, I should say. Um, and him, try- and like, especially in the first episode, like a lot of people said like, well, this is not the show that I thought we were getting. But also at the same time, we got a very interesting story. Like obviously in the first episode, um, Sam was having financial issues and we went <laughs> to try to get bank loans and like the family boat. I'm like, I'm sorry, what is this show again? What is this called? And then you yeah. have, then you have Bucky who is dealing with like, He's dealing with PTSD and also things I never thought about this character they brought to light. It's like I haven't slowed down since I technically died back in, you know, in World War One. Like I, you know, I've, I've, you know, I died and I came back to life. I've been the Winter Soldier. And as soon as I came back from the Winter Soldier, um, you know, and that whole he process. Was he was in Wakanda recovering from yeah. that. And as soon as he dealt with his recovery, he went into the Infinity War. He got snapped out of existence and he came back, fought another war. <laughs> and then now this is the first time he actually gets to breathe after, you know, 
I don't know how many other, you know, 80 years of just constantly fighting. You didn't, you, you didn't think of it that way. I think actually 90 years, 90 years of actually fighting. Uh, I never thought of it that way, the characters. So the him talking to his therapist and the kind of, you know, trying to figure out what he needs to do left. Like, now, without the fight, what, who are you? What does it mean to be Bucky Barnes? Yeah. And I think the show really did a good job of kind of laying down the groundwork of, like, he, you know, trying to find his purpose in life. You know, without Captain America, Captain America, Steve Rogers was, like, his, that was his, like, you know, moral ground. Mm -hmm. And now that he's gone, what is he going to do? And now we're giving that with, like, you know, you know, Bucky now following the new Captain America within Sam Wilson and him accepting that. And even I thought it was a really interesting conversation that they had that he said that, you know, yeah, uh, Cap and I had this discussion of giving you the shield, but I never knew what it meant to give a shield to a black man. I never even thought about this conversation. And so the fact that they even had that conversation to begin with, you know, um, Bucky never wanted to be Captain America. That was never his goal. And that was interesting because you would think that that would be a clear transition that, you know, you know, Steve Rogers would give it to his best friend. But, you know, he never he never even wanted it to begin with. So to my have understanding all... was in the comic book, he is, though, right? I think at some at a version certain point in time. Yeah. 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 Yes. And, and so so is Sam Wilson as Captain America. So right. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the story that they presented of him trying to find his own purpose and like, obviously, I love the scene where it was, I think it was episode five, where he visits uh, Sam's, you know, house and they're all building the boat or like getting the boat back up and running. And he's flirting with his sister and he's like, stay away from my sister. He's like, all right, I don't know, man. And he's like, he's smiling. It's a different character that we haven't seen in the entire MCU. And then like, it's a great parallel to when the show started. He was like sleeping on the floor, um, you know, experiencing PTSD. And then, you know. The next time we see him wake up, he's on like his, you know, uh, Sam Wilson's sister's couch and he wakes up with like his, these little kids playing with the shield and he's just smiling like he's at peace with his own self. I thought that was a great, you know, I, I think they did a really good job of showcasing like his growth. The only thing that I didn't care for um, was kind of going against what you said, Sonica, was and kind of leaning toward what Ernesto was saying it was that we built so much time with him and his relationship with the old man in the in the beginning in the first episode. I just wish they did the same on the back end. Like this show could have easily given us one more episode and give more time for him telling the old man about, hey, I killed your son. I was a different person back then. I apologize. Like I think they could have let that breathe a little bit to actually, you know, really hit it home for me because I felt like that was a little rushed. Yeah, I and agree. I, Interesting. And I, I don't know. And I know, Sonica, you had your own thoughts. I'm not sure if you kind of see where I'm coming from, or did you think there was appropriate amount of time for that scene to play out? Yeah, I, I still, I don't know if I would have been. In fact, when he started telling him, I remember thinking like, "Oh, that's so awkward. I don't want to. I don't want to see this. <laughs> I don't want to see his tears. I don't. I, I just, I was cringing to myself." even before they cut away and then showed the aftermath of it. So for me, I don't know if I would have been interested because we've heard it already. Like us mm -hmm. as the audience, we've already heard what it was like being Winter Soldier. That was what the entire six episode arc was. That was what we saw during, um, what was the most previous movie where he was talking to, uh, to Cap about it, to Steve Rogers about it. But we've heard what that was like for him. We've heard his internal struggles. We know that he, he feels terrible about it and wants to make amends. 
So to hear it all again to the old man, I'm not really sure what I would have gained from seeing mm. that. And I and I still feel like it's so symbolic that even as viewers, we were witness to the effort he was putting into this relationship with this man that was ultimately just a way for him to ease his guilt. And at the end, yeah. when when he did the right thing, the relationship was done. That was that. Yeah. But I, I mean, I see where you guys are coming from. But to me, I, I think I would have gotten bored had I had I watched the scene played out. It wouldn't have given me saying. anything new. Uh, I, I, I see I see where you're coming from. I, I do. I have my I feel like a lot of time was given to Falcon's journey in the final episode, which is well deserved. It needed to have that much time. I just felt like that when it came to the other things, it was very quick um, kind of transitioning to that. Let's talk about John Walker and his arc and how when I came to the final episode, I was like, where, how are we supposed to feel about John Walker right now? Because <laughs> the last episode really painted a weird picture. So uh, Sonica, what were your thoughts on John Walker's arc into what eventually now becomes the U S agent? No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Uh, by the end, I was like, I I'm not really sure the costume looks great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know much about U.S. agent, except that I know that he is U.S. agent. Um, I, I was sort of give and take with the whole Walker storyline. It was really crucial and important. And now I know that he's going to be, you know, a, a bigger part of the, of, of this universe. But yeah, I didn't know how to feel about him near the end too. Uh, what what did you feel about at least in the beginning? Like, did you like that they introduced a character who, like, a lot of people did not like? Obviously, I mean, unfortunately, the the yeah. actor um, uh, Wyatt Russell was getting death threats. Like, you're not the Captain America, and I was like, no shit, he's not. That's that's the whole point of the show. But regardless, you should not be sending death threats to an actor if you hate him that much. That means he's doing a great job. That's um, ridiculous. That, it, it's <laughs> that's crazy. What I'm but either way, like, you know. His character, like he, like we hate him instantly, just with the point. Like the the ep, the first episode ended with like, here's your new Captain America, and he does like this cheesy point to the camera, yeah. and you're like, I don't like you already. I've never, I don't know <laughs> anything about you, but I don't like you. Um, yeah. and and we see his transition literally into madness. Like he just he he gave us, and what I believe gave us one of the haunting, most haunt, nope, the most haunting. haunting? most haunting image that in my opinion the mcu has ever given us which was a bloody captain america shield mm. like that low angle shot with him just literally killing a man mm. in cold blood and then like we come up and we see a bloody shield and you're like whoa i've never seen that that's a, that's a tainted image to the shield um i don't know ernesto did you feel the same way on that um i liked him i think he 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 obviously served his purpose yeah. Uh, I am curious to see where you know U.S. Agent goes. I liked him. I think it was it it was a good like introduction for him to come into the universe. Very similar to what they did with uh, uh, Photon or Quasar from uh, what they did to her in WandaVision. Like she got her powers. She wasn't really yes. in the show, but they they used the show as like a backdoor pilot for this character to bring them into the fold. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, but you said you, you're, you're, I guess, fine with his arc. You didn't like, yeah, I was okay. Anything. I would have liked a little bit more, but 
it seems i mean they condensed they think about how much they gave us in six episodes like they, they gave did. us a lot of story within those six mm-hmm. episodes uh, speaking of which, another kind of quasi-villain that was appeared in the show was Zemo. We got an introduction of Baron... Well, not introduction. We got a, an appearance of Baron Zemo. Uh, Sonic, what did you think of his appearance in like about maybe three episodes or so? Oh my gosh, I loved his character. <laughs> I loved his character. I appreciated him so much more seeing him again uh, in this way. I loved seeing the mask that they pulled out, which hopefully will more of sure. i was a big fan of zemo i thought i thought they did a spectacular job with him there was a lot of memes that i saw i'm like how can this show make me love zemo even though you did not like him in civil war but then hate right. john walker a person we just you know just was introduced in this show uh they definitely know how to like at least marvel definitely knows how to skew your mindset when it comes to certain characters because zemo now feels like the new loki i'm like oh i love this villain He's fantastic, in, in a sense. I didn't think of it like that. That's true. But also, like, he was, like, like <laughs> the, the best thing that came out of that was him, like, dancing at the club, fist bumping. Like, there's so many memes yeah. about that as well. Um, yeah, I'm very kind of torn with his arc because I really don't know what huge purpose he served overall. Like, he definitely gave them, was able to give him information, but then as quickly as we got him, they, in my opinion, they kind of quickly get, you know, pull them away but i don't think that's permanent i think we're gonna see no. him again yeah i think so like i felt like that you know him like the winter soldier kind of get you know not killing him obviously and like these were blank and he gave uh you know he gave him away to the dormilaje uh you know from you know and they put him in the raft and now he's back he's back in a now high security prison um like i just felt like that was very abrupt i just thought that he was going to be there throughout um Ernesto, what, what were you thought what were your thoughts on zemo coming into the fold i would have liked to have seen him have a more active role but obviously he was more behind the scenes we see you know he's the one who caused that massive the the re- the destruction of the rest of the flag smashers at the end of the last episode mm-hmm. um, yeah so he served his purpose and that just shows you that even though he's locked up in wakanda he's still pulling strings on the outside so even though we weren't yeah. seeing zemo he's still making things happen well, he's you not know, in Wakanda. He's in the middle of the ocean on the raft. But the raft. Wakanda, yeah, the Wakandans put him there. That's yeah, what I yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But yeah, I, I just feel, I, I do agree with you. I feel like they maybe could have done more with Zemo. Um, but I think his presence there alone, like even though he was already causing tension between the group anyway. Yeah. So like, you know, seeing that dynamic between, you know, like it, it kind of like we need to break out Zemo because we need to fight against this group of super soldiers, which Zemo was not a fan of. And I think what was great about his character that he never lost, like he he, he never broke character in a sense of like, yes, we liked him more in this in this series, but he was always Zemo. Like he always gave you the suspense of never knowing when he might turn on the group which he eventually did and then end up getting caught for it. Um, but also he, they brought up a lot of good points of like, did you, uh, did you guys even visit the memorial site for, you know, the people who died in, uh, in Sokovia? Um, you know, that was his whole thing. And so like, they kind of kept that alive in the sense. And they also brought up a new place uh, where they visited very briefly uh, Manjapur, I believe I said that correctly. Manjapur, yeah. Manjapur, yeah. And they gave us what I thought was a very lackluster uh, Sharon Carter um, run there. Sonica, what do you think of Sharon Carter being in this series? Okay, so here's my question for you guys. Do you mm-hmm. think Sharon Carter's not Sharon Carter? 
Yes. Do we think she's a scroll? Yes. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes. What yeah. during the time that she was apparently power broker, she was agent third like the timeline is not adding up for me. So I, So so here here here's my thoughts. I first of all, it was like the worst kept secret in, in this series of like who is the power broker? It's like, well, she's doing some shady business. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be Sharon Carter. And a lot of people were expecting like this big reveal of who the power broker was. And then when it ended up being quote unquote, Sharon Carter being the power broker, we were like, Oh, all right, I guess. Well, but and do you also... remember Zemo saying, and he could have totally been lying, but saying that he knew the power broker. And if he knew the power broker and Sharon Carter standing right there, wouldn't he have said something? Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Unless unless he was just smart enough to know not right. to reveal it because he knows that maybe he needs it to his advantage later. Which uh, that's could not, be the case, but it could be the case. I, I'm I'm under the uh, the the highly spectacle uh, crowd of being more along the lines of she is not Sharon Carter. She is a quote unquote evil scroll. She never said she was the power broker. And we never, I saw some people pointing out that we never saw her blood when she got shot at the end. Oh, mm. I didn't even think about that. Like she was very close to literally her chest being like, I'm going to cover this up. And she even looked at it and she kept going back to it. It's like, I don't want people to see me getting shot. I don't want people to see what was underneath there. So mm. like she was being, you know, kept very close. But I, I thought at the end credit scene, I swore they were going to show something and it was just like, I don't know, it just felt so out of character. It's like at the end credit scenes, like Sharon Carter being reinstated and all of this stuff. And then she goes on the phone and be like, all right, now screw the super soldier serum. We're going to dive into government secret stuff. And it's like, who are you talking to if you are the power broker? <laughs> who are you talking to, Sharon? You got a, a higher power we don't know about? Are you talking to Val? Are you talking to Zemo? Doubtful. So Well, yeah. she was talking to from what I understand, she was talking to minions because she was saying, get the buyers ready. Sure. Yeah. So I... she's in in that setup. She's still the uh, the power to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I really did not care for her story at all. It didn't feel earned as much as, you know, Sam becoming Captain America, you know, the Bucky finding his own peace into this whole thing. All of that felt earned, but not not Sharon Carter. Her becoming this quote-unquote villain doesn't make any sense. And and if they re if she really was the power broker, I think we would have gotten more out of it. I, that that that's all I'm saying. I, I think we would have gotten like five minutes of her and like her transition within the five years of the of the blip. Like I think we would have seen a little bit of that if she was truly a big bad to be coming into the into the fray. Yeah. But yeah, I. Mm, I, I, Ernesto, did, what, what were your thoughts on Sharon Carter? I mean, it was just clear a clear setup for whatever's to come. Or maybe with the other storyline that they had planned for it, maybe she had more of an active role in there. Mm. It's, I mean, it's possible. Or not. Or maybe they just wanted to keep her in the background in the shadows for now to set her up for the movie. Yeah, I mean, maybe. And, and let's dive into that since you mentioned it. Uh, we teased earlier about uh, Captain America 4. Uh, now being in the works uh, obviously you know Sam Wilson is Captain America so we're taking uh, Anthony Mackie will be headlining his own movie as the new Captain America so Sonica what would you like to see moving forward into this Captain America 4 movie 
do you think there's going to be a season two? What are your thoughts on the future of this kind of storyline? I didn't hear anything about a season two. I only remember, you know, obviously the Captain 4 movie announcement. I don't know where they would take this for a season two. I'm not really sure what else there is to wrap up if the premise of the show was Bucky Barnes finding his sense of self and redemption and Sam Wilson finding the Captain America inside him, I guess, so to speak. Both Mm -hmm. of those things have been achieved, so I'm not really sure what a second season of Falcon and Winter Soldier would would do, or Captain and Winter Soldier, I guess, at this point. Yeah, Captain America and Winter Soldier, yeah. Um, Would you prefer to see a season two, or do you think the right direction is a movie? No, I'm excited to see the movie. More so than you would have been... So if if they announce a season two, you've been like, all right, but now you're more hyped for, oh, wow, they're actually going ahead and doing a big movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ernesto, what are your thoughts on the future of this story in a movie form and maybe even more TV shows in the future? Well, I don't I don't think it necessarily needs a season two like that. I think that's going to be the purpose of the movie. It seems like they're doing like these one shot um, approaches to their TV series like WandaVision, we know, is not getting another season. Doesn't need another scene. It, it it's just a small, a long form story in this one part of the massive Marvel arc. You know, it's just kind of like the way the comic books work. So I mean, there it seems like they're finding their niche and trying to make. I love how they make these all. They're they're all becoming their own self contained story, but they still have they echo in things that you know from the Marvel universe. But you don't necessarily have to watch everything to enjoy this. Like. They, they give you the information you need within the series, almost. It, it does feel like that if you were to watch Avengers Endgame and then jump into Captain America 4, it does seem like a clear transition mm-hmm. to be like, okay, now he is Captain America. But if you want to see that journey to Captain America, you can watch The Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. So yeah. that's an interesting tactic. I, I don't know. I feel like we can have a movie and a season two. I think we could have both. We could have a season two before a movie, in my opinion. I just don't want you know, it. I just don't want it to be drawn out. That's my problem. That's I my agree thing. with you. And as Matt was asking both of us if we would have wanted to see a season two, I could tell your answer was going to be that you wanted to see a season two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. I'm also like, I know there's a lot of movies and like, I'm sorry, there's a lot of shows that end movies that are being explored outside of this Captain America storyline. But I would love, like next year, we might not get anything of revolving that. We might not see the story for another three years. I'm like, sure. no, I, I want to, no, look, look, I want I want more of the story. I enjoyed it so much. I want to see more of it. Um, but we might be waiting three three plus years to get it. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't see these characters in other shows and movies. Correct. We, we can totally see an appearance um, in Black Widow or in Secret Invasion or um uh doctor i doubt doctor strange but we could maybe not even spider-man either but you know you get the gist like they could definitely make an appearance in other movies and and that's what the beauty of the mcu is that you know it doesn't feel that long when we get the next story because they're giving us so much story that by the time we get to like another thor for example it's like oh yeah i guess it has been like four years since we last saw thor but I didn't really think about it because they gave us so much other content in between to kind of distract us um, from, you know, another store, a Thor story. 
Um, so with that being said, Sonica, you know, kind of give us your final thoughts on the series and what would you like to see, you know, maybe in our next, you know, Marvel content is Loki. So based on what you got from the Falcon Winter Soldier, what would you like to see from Loki? And as well as your final thoughts on the show. I really, really enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier. I was glad to get to know Falcon more. I was glad to get to know Bucky Barnes more. I loved how much action was in it. I did mm. miss the element of theorizing uh, that we got from WandaVision. Mm. But I do have a feeling that we're going to get a good mix of both with Loki. Mm. Because we already know this is an alternate universe. So they're going to have some fun tie-ins there. And of course, it's Loki. So it's bound to be action-packed. So I think what I'm looking for in the next series at Disney is exactly what they're going to end up delivering. And I and I wonder if that's almost done on, on purpose. They gave us one extreme show and then another extreme show and then Loki, who is already a fan favorite. I mean, if you think about it, the last two shows that we got from Disney Plus really gave us an inside look at characters that I don't think anyone, not that they hated them before, but we didn't really spend that much time thinking about Wanda or Falcon. And yeah. now, because of these shows, we've gotten to know them so much more. Loki is a totally different thing. We don't They don't have to get us to love him. Loki's already a fan we're favorite. We're already there. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, we're already there. So it'll be interesting to see like what that show focuses on. I think it'll probably be a little bit more of like a fun show, and we get to talk more about multiverse. It, it, yeah, I, I think exactly what they're going down is what <laughs> I'm looking for. Sonic, I do agree with you. Like it's like the action in these shows so far, especially with the Falcon and a Soldier, has been like amazing to look at. I'm like, look how much money we're spending on these action sequences. <laughs> it's almost like we're gonna we're gonna hit you hard with the first episode of these this aerial this you know scene, and then like halfway through we're gonna give you like this bus on top of the truck scene. But then like, all right, now we spent a lot of money on that. Let's focus on this boat. We have this nice little boat we're going to focus on. <laughs> Very low dialogue, not a lot of action going on. But then the final episode, look at him wield that shield and fly at the same time. It's it's incredible. Like I was so blown away by that. Like, like if there was any statement, like in the first episode, if it was like, wow, look at Falcon, he's a badass. Right. And then like, oh, my God, look at the new Captain America. Now he can fly and he has a shield. Look at that badass. Um, they, so that it really just makes you love the character even more. Ernesto, same question to you. Final thoughts on Falcon Winter Soldier. What would you like to see going into like the future stuff that Marvel has planned? Um, of course, I'm looking forward to Loki. Um, I am kind of sad that Black Widow is just taking so long to come out. Yeah. Like it, it like at this point. Like unless there's obviously well, I guess now I know that there's a there's gonna be some sort of tie in for the future with uh, Julia Lou Dreyfus's character mm -hmm. if she, with her appearance, but I feel like Black Widow was supposed to serve as like an epilogue to Black to Black Widow's character obviously because she dies spoiler alert she dies in uh, the end, uh, end game uh, she got dies during End Game so yeah. she sacrifices herself so. Uh, I'm excited to see what's coming for Falcon and the Winter Soldier was great. I don't necessarily need a season two unless the movie provides a reason for them to give us a season two. Like, don't mm. give us the content just because this was so great because then we'll fall into just mm -hmm. giving us – then it's just fan service. Like, don't give us something unless you have a true uh, – a good enough story that ties into the universe and what's happening in the universe. So for you, you're like movie first and then we'll worry about a season two. Or if the movie does its job, then don't give us a season two at all. Yeah. 
And yeah. it's just an arc. You can watch Captain America 1, 2, 3. Then you can watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then you can end it at Captain America 4. And then that's like the Captain America arc. And then he can just appear whenever, you know? Yeah. In different like, shows like... and different things. Interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with both of you. This is a great series. I love this show. I feel like I got more gratification out of this show than I did at the end of WandaVision. Mm. I'm not sure if you both agree with that. Um, but it, it, it was definitely different. different. Yeah, I mean, I felt more satisfied. I felt like the story came more to a close at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier than it did on WandaVision. Whereas I felt like WandaVision is like, we have more to come in Doctor Strange. So, so yeah, but I, I totally agree with the both of you. Great show. If you haven't watched it, then we spoiled a lot from it, but um, definitely recommend giving you a, giving that show a watch. And, uh, and there it is. That's our spoiler review of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Sonica. Wow. Thank you for coming back for coming on the show. Thanks for asking me to come back. Yes. I know that you had some great insight on, on the Marvel stuff and you, and you do, and hopefully we can maybe bring you back again for more Marvel talk. Catch me after Loki. Okay. Ooh. Okay. All right. Or Black Widow, honestly. I'm also I'm I'm ready for that movie to get released. It's a, yeah, exactly. Same. I mean, they've been delaying it for so long. Yeah. Um, uh, if if you want to, uh, Sonica, if people want to reach, uh, see what else work you're working on. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you if you want to put out your social media channels? Yeah, plug what you want to plug. <laughs> Sonica Dange TV across all media channels. And you'll be able to find me. There you go. And we we know that her dog right now. What is this? Yeah. Which which one is this? Bane or Obi? This is Bane. This Obi is Wan Bane. is being great. He's yeah. just sleeping in the corner. <laughs> Bane for the last ten minutes has been whining in my face. Yeah, that that we're we've been taking up a lot of Bane's time for <laughs> uh, because Sonic. He's like, what are you doing sitting here when you could oh. be playing with me? Yeah, there he he's is. Just been, been sitting here. You've been sitting here long enough. It's time yeah. to play with me. <laughs> it, it's 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 time to get going. I got to use the bathroom. You got to feed me. You got to do something. So also I love the name. Also I love the name of your dogs. <laughs> Yes. Thank you. It, it, Bane was uh, my fiance pick because I'm not a big Batman fan, but he's a huge Batman. Well, your, your husband, Batman. your fiance has great taste, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and and Obi Wan was your 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 name yeah. pick. Yes. Yeah. Because of your love for Star. Because of your love for Star Wars. Yes. Exactly. And I named him Obi Wan ten years ago before this whole new craze of Star Wars started. So you know it's okay. Real. So it, it say if you had a third dog, would you give it a Marvel name? Steven does want a third dog, but I've said absolutely not. <laughs> he wants he wants a girl dog. And it would probably oh. be Actually, I think we did discuss Wanda. Wanda. But, but it's all hypothetical. There's no more room for dogs in this house. <laughs> she, like we're the, we had this conversation and we had the discussion we're not having a yeah. third dog. That's we're, not, we're not doing though. No. Uh, she was we'll enough. See. <laughs> Sonica, thank you uh, for coming on to the show. We're gonna let Bane be happy now and <laughs> enjoy your. Can you present. hear him over this? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. we can definitely hear him. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. That's fine. <laughs> we've 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 had barking dogs on the show before, so yeah. You know, actually, is Bane is being very well behaved right now. We oh yeah, hundred percent. Of... Oh, Oh we, yeah, we, yeah, we we know his presence though, but not that bad. So he's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want more from us, you can always follow us on our show social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers and on Facebook and TikTok at box office bingers. Sonica, you guys again, have a TikTok? Th- we sure oh, do. Yeah, we oh, sure yeah. do. Wow, 
you guys are yeah. really in 2021, aren't you? We are. Abs- absolutely. We tell Trying you to stay hip with the kids. Abs- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we tell people you're, what's new to streaming on TikTok. Wow! Yeah, All it's, right. it's an affordable. Infor- yeah, yeah, box office bingers. We had a we had one of the videos. Ernesto got like a, a reach of ten thousand, and yeah. it was just wow. it was just just me going to go watch Godzilla versus Kong in the theater. I don't I don't understand I don't, TikTok, but it works. <laughs> he hit some sort of algorithm or something. They 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 loved that one apparently. Lo- <laughs> it was very like really? yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're on TikTok. We're gonna go explore it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we put on there. We yeah. we have some ideas to. Uh, to shoot around to mm-hmm. for different videos and stuff to put on there. So we'll yeah. see. All right, very cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's all the show we have for you guys for this week, Sonica. Again, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, be sure to come back next week. Uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. <laughs> I've been Ernesto Santos. See ya.